0: Love, talk, radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. The Women of Golf Show is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company, providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiast. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine, with insightful reviews on the latest equipment, Tips from top teaching professionals, helping you improve your game, from tee to green. Good morning, welcome to the Women of Golf, the number one women's golf show around the world, with hosts, Ted Odo-Rico and Cindy Miller. Join them as they interview some of the best players, From the Epson, LPGA, and Legends Tour, and so many others, helping to elevate women's golf. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Ted and Cindy.
1: All right, good morning everybody, and once again, welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odarico, and right alongside, of course, each and every week, uh, is none other than uh, LPGA professional and Legends Tour player, Cindy Miller. And we are your hosts here on the Women of Golf. Good morning, Cindy. How are you?
2: I'm doing great. We have snow in Buffalo.
1: Oh, <laughs> when are you going to? When are you and Alan going to move to Florida and just give it up?
2: Well, see, we're really busy in the dome, so it's good that it's snowing because we can go yeah, inside. It's just it's cold that's, when you walk out the door, and I'm going to Florida yeah, Thursday. True. So that's
1: that's right. So yeah, you cause you're not going to be here next team. week.
2: That's right. I'm going <laughs> to be have... picking on people. I'm going to help people lower their scores in Orlando.
1: Yep, at Orange County National. That's right. You're going to be here uh, at one of your your famous, uh, your and Alan's famous boot camps, if you will, and uh, always... Uh, a good time for all. So uh, enjoy, and, and we'll pick you up on the other side. All right, we've got a great show for you this morning. We're going to be joined here in just a, a, a quick moment by a young lady from the Epson Tour, and then a little bit later on, we're going to be joined by Holly Hubert. She's the founder and CEO of Global Security IQ. She'll be joining us on the second half of the show. But let me introduce uh, our uh, first guest this morning. Her name is Natalie uh, uh, Shrivinasan, and uh, she's a great young lady from the LPJ or sorry, from the Epson Tour. Uh, And she claims her professional golf is something she always wanted to do since she started having uh, a competitive interest. She also received in 2020 the Annika Sorenstam Award and has been recognized as one of the uh, nation's top female collegiate golfers uh, during that time, uh, adding her name to the list of past recipients, which include Allison Lee and uh, Maria Fassi. Uh, along with the honor came an exemption into the 2021 Evian Championship, which of course is one of the five LPGA Tour majors. So please, Cindy, let's welcome our very special guest this morning, Natalie Srivanassan.
3: Good morning, my dear. Good morning. How are you guys? We're doing great.
1: We, we're, yeah, we're doing fantastic, and, and thank you for uh, joining us this morning. Cindy, do you want to go first?
2: Yeah, where are you right now? Do you guys have a
3: couple weeks off? I'm The tour is actually in Tucson, but I'm, I flew home yesterday. I actually decided to take this week off. Um, this is my first full year out on the Epson tour, so I'm still trying to figure out kind of how to play consecutive weeks. So um, it's all new to me still, and even though I played last year was my rookie year, I wasn't able to experience that full schedule. So I'm actually at home and just, you know, just learning learning just kind of how to play and, and kind of get through travel and, and things like that. So I'm taking this week off, and then I'll be back in three weeks. Awesome. Awesome. And that's really
2: important that you do that because otherwise you get burned out, and then you start playing bad, and then you have a bad attitude. And you, you know what that spirals to.
3: Yeah, exactly. I just it's a little it's early in the season, so like I said, this is new for me. Just like playing a full schedule, so just trying to figure that out. And it's it's early, and I didn't want to kind of push too hard too early, if you know what I mean. And you've started the year pretty well, yes. Yeah, I've been I did a lot of work over the off season, and then, you know just trying to reevaluate my game after last year was kind of a hard year for me, just making the transition. I graduated from Furman university in 2020. So right in the middle of the pandemic, I actually had to do the second half of my last semester at home, um, which was unfortunate, Mm but, um, kind of the way things worked out. Uh, so I kind of transitioned to professional golf during that time, which wasn't really a good time to really do anything. Um, (laughs) Nobody Really knew what was going on. So, um, definitely was hard in that sense and, even when I came out for the 2021 season, it was still kind of the same transition, still trying to figure it out. And I feel like, you know, the first year is different for everybody, but there are always challenges, whether that's on the golf course or, like, off, figuring out things that work for you best off the course so you can play your best on the course. You know, that's always trying to find that balance. So that's what I learned a lot last year. And I've been fortunate enough, three, three good tournaments together this first three events. So it's been really nice to see that work and kind of all my reflection and payoff that I did over the off season. That's great. And it's so
2: nice to have a a new sponsor that's really trying to help all the girls. So Epson is being great, don't you think?
3: Yeah, Epson has been awesome. I mean, um, like I said, I I didn't only play on the Symmetra tour for one year, but just the purses being up and then they've cut our entry fees with hopes of Continuing to lower them for us. I mean, it's just an, it's it's really cool to have such a cool sponsor. And then, I don't know if you guys saw, but Shaq made a, a nice video with Rachel Rohanna. Mm-hmm. So that was a really yes. cool kind of promotion. And I think that's what women's golf needs is that marketing and somebody like him who's you know recognized all over the world to be able to kind mm-hmm. of help our tours, both the L P G and the Epson Tour. I mean. You know, it's it's hard. We don't get as much TV time or just even advertising as the men do. I mean, the Masters has ads all year, right? So, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's very helpful to kind of have a big sponsor like that to kind of put us out there. So, I've been really fortunate. I know a lot of all of the girls would say that.
2: Yeah, just knowing that they care about you, and not so much their name. That's the big difference. I mean, they really yeah. are trying to help the players, which is just a breath of fresh air.
3: No, exactly, and I mean, like I said, I mean, especially on the Epson tour, the money is just—it's not as much, and that's—that's that's fine. That's not why I do it, at least. But you know, it's—it's just, it's just nice to have a, a really, really good support system from the, the from the big sponsor, and it just kind of makes, you know, the environment just—not that it wasn't good before, but just a little bit better, you know. Yep. Ted.
1: Yeah, they've uh they've definitely raised the bar um right out of the gates and I know uh from speaking with um uh their president and CEO here in America uh Keith Kratzberg, that they're very very excited about this this partnership with the uh uh with the LPJ and, and becoming the title sponsor um, obviously the Epson Tour now uh, formerly the Symetra and I know that they're very very excited about that. And just a quick note on the the uh, commercial that you were talking about, I was actually really surprised because I happened to see it. It was posted up on social media uh, the other day and um, that was really kind of cool. They did a great job, obviously, and we've had Rachel on this program. I believe she was on actually last year. She won an event and, um, and yeah, they just did a great job and, and yeah, you're right, Shaq is, is just a, a great spokesperson uh, globally uh, that they've partnered with Epson, of course, and to bring in one of the players and then sort of, you know, having a back and forth uh, through the commercial was was very, very cool. So you, you mentioned about, um, you know, sort of transitioning into this new life. You you graduated in 2020, and then last year was your rookie year. What was the hardest part of the transition? Is it balancing the schedule? I mean, obviously, you're a player. You know how to play. You can put the, the ball in the hole and all that good stuff. Um, but now you've got to, you know, pack up every week, and you've got to move here, move there. Is it organizing your schedule, getting to and from the events that uh, is is part of the learning curve for you? And are you reaching out to other players who maybe have been on the tour for a couple of years and kind of have a little bit more experience under their belt? Are you reaching out to them for some advice?
3: Yeah, definitely. I think for me, I need to have things organized and set up off the course for me to just be able to focus on golf while I'm playing and at the Mm -hmm. event. So that's what I... That's what I learned kind of my first season. So, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I have a few friends, older friends that are out there. I mean, one of them also went to Furman. Um, So I'm good friends with her. But, you know, just ask. I mean, they're there to help. I mean, mean, you you just got to ask, and they'll be honest with you. But you just have to figure out what works for you. I mean, just why you got to try things. I mean, when it comes to caddies. Travel like how much time you like to give yourself if you're driving. Like if you don't want to drive the whole day, if you got to plan for a stop and things like that. I mean, you know, you just you just got to try. That's the only way to figure out if it works. And sometimes you you win some there and then you lose some, and you're like, oh, I don't want to do that again. So. Just figure, you know, you just got to try and figure it out. You can't be afraid to make changes because, I mean, if it's not working, then you don't want to keep doing the same thing. So whatever that is, if that's on the golf course or off, you know, you just kind of have to be, not be scared to make a change and just try something different. I think that's what I learned, you know, not just doing the same thing and hoping for a different result. I mean, that's kind of what they call right. insanity, right? You know, just right. the same thing over and over again. But, you know, I mean, like I said, I think it's just not being afraid to ask for help. I guess it's not, you know, everybody's out there trying to figure it out and do the same thing. We're all working towards the same goal. So, you know, I mean, there are people you're closer with. So if they've done it a few times and they've been successful, I don't think it's, there's anything wrong with asking them, you know, what works for you.
1: Right, exactly, and again, everybody 's going to be different, and see that was my problem. I, I was down the insanity route when I was growing up, so you 're way ahead of the curve um, and Cindy, Cindy can attest to that um, so let me ask you I want to go on to um, a little bit about this past week 's event, of course, was the IoA championship, um, and you you finished very, very well, you tied for for fifth spot. Um, how do you feel overall, and I want to get into some specifics here in your final round in a moment, but um, how do you feel overall that you played? You said you, you feel pretty good about how you played the first three events starting out the season at. Um, talk about this specific, because I didn't get a chance to look at the uh, the other uh, uh, earlier events to see how you did, but how do you feel about the IOA? How did you feel you played overall? Were you pretty solid? Were you confident with your game? Was there areas that kind of fell short from time to time that uh, you need to tune up a little bit? Give us an overview.
3: Yeah, I mean, I obviously I had a T5 this week, so my finish was very well. Um, it's the best finish I've had all year. I finished T10 at the first one in Florida and then T12 in Arizona, so those were too mm-hmm. good as well. But I guess specifically to IOWA, I mean, obviously, like, I'm feeling pretty good with my swing. You know, I've done a lot of – not really – I haven't really changed anything. I've just kind of improved and made it more consistent, um, and that also has been part of it in the gym. Um, just, like, strengthening certain areas of my body that maybe kind of not fail but just get a little tired during a stretch and cause certain, you know, kind of technique flaws or habits that may cause specific shots that cost me. Um, that's what I learned last year towards the end of the season. My body just kind of got a little tired. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't really moving through the ball as well. I maybe lost a little bit of speed just because I wasn't – I just didn't have – kind of not the strength but you know it's just a little just not kind of where i needed to be in that sense so that's been very helpful um i've worked a lot on putting i know putting's a story for everybody right everybody can always be better at putting but you know just more kind of goal focused drills i've done a lot of work with like gates and start lines for me that's kind of like a key point with my putting if i can get it started on the right line and consistently then I can adjust my speed based on that so that I, I thought I it very well this past week um I gave myself a lot of opportunities obviously I feel like I could have made more but you know that's just I feel like anyone can say that um but I guess if I had to say you know I mean my driver's always been you know if I'm hitting my driver well it's, it's good but I think probably what happened you mentioned to me earlier about I think I had a, I actually doubled number 14. I hit it in the mm-hmm. hazard yeah. and it was, I think mm-hmm. a, a little bit of, you know, kind of the, uh, you know, maybe a similar thing with just, I was a little tired and kind of just, I don't think I lost focus, but my body just was just a little tired, but I was able to kind of write the ship and get it back for the last like three or four holes to kind of finish strong. So that was, that was good. That's something that I improved upon probably from last year, or, you know, other experiences. But I think, I'm always continuing working on my putting. I mean, I feel like I had a lot of opportunities out there that I didn't make while I did make a lot, but um, just continuing that work and then just keep working in the gym just to get my body stronger and just being able to repeat the motion more times, you know? So I, you know, if Mm -hmm. I'm playing three or four weeks in a row, when I get to the, the last event, the last round, you know, coming down the stretch that I don't feel that. And that's why I'm taking a break this week because I felt fat. And I'm like, well, let me just kind of ease into that and and just learn how my body reacts. And, you know, just – so I I had a lot of learning this week. And like I said, I'm pleased with my game where it is now. And At the end of the day, I just want to get better and see how good I can get. That's what I love so much about golf is there's always something I can improve on, whether – I mean, if I shot 59, I would probably go work on something after, you know. I mean, honestly, it's just Mm – just the constant grind of just trying to get better—that's what's fun for me.
1: Well, you're in good company because I I can remember a lot of uh, Tiger Woods' earlier tournaments. Um, you know when he was, especially when he was in his prime, he was always working on something. And I know a lot of times people would say, "Well, what are you working on? You just shot a, you know, a 62 or you know or what have you, and you're, you know, you got an eight-shot." shot lead in the tournament and they're like scratching their head. Well, what do you got to work on? Everything's but, but you know what I think when you get to become a, a, a higher player, uh, you know, compared to obviously amateurs out there and, and high handicappers, you, you view things differently. Um, you know, there's, you know, obviously it's harder to drop the strokes to higher, the, the better player you become, you know, it's easier to go from a 25 to, you know, say to a 20 to a 15 and so on once you start getting up to that high level, it, you know, the strokes are, are fewer, so you've got to really search for them, um, and you, fought, you it's more of a fine-tuning, I think, of your game. Would you agree?
3: Yeah, 100%. I mean, you know, I can probably pick out, like, two or three shots from this past week that maybe, you know, I can work on or, or you know, get better at, and, and maybe, you know, that's the difference between, you know, winning a tournament and not. I mean, if you, when you look back right. I mean, you can always you know uh like looking back is always 2020 right so i mean you can see maybe mm-hmm. a certain decision or something you made maybe like oh man but you know that's what is so interesting because the better you get like you said it's just more really i would agree the fine tuning and it, that's what's fun because with all the technology we have now in golf and the resources and it's pretty fun kind of what you're able to do and how specific you can be i mean that's what's fun about practice and then when you go play you just use your instincts and you become an athlete and you compete but um and then afterwards you kind of regroup and then get back to the more technical and, and numbers and whatnot so it's that's what's fun to, with to me about it
1: yeah and you know just going back to your third uh, your final round there you know as i said you were very very steady through the front nine and again coming in until you hit 14 you had one little blip in your round uh, you know, followed up by a couple of pars, and then you end out with two birdies. I mean, that's a pretty... I mean, if, if you only cart in one bogey and uh, you got some, uh, you know, four birdies and a lot of pars in there, that's a pretty decent round. I mean, I think just about any uh, amateur golfer tuning into the broadcast out there is is thinking to themselves, man, I wish I had that game. Um, <laughs> you know, so... Well, uh, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, they, they look at it and they say, gosh I, gosh, I could, you know, if I could even have you know, one of those birdies or two of those birdies, I'd be happy with that. So I want to go back to 2020 because you mentioned you graduated from Furman and um, all of a sudden you received the Annika Awards. Um, that had to been a, a, a very special time for you. Give us a, your thoughts, if you wouldn't mind, on when you heard that you were going to be receiving that award because Annika obviously is uh, a world renowned uh, player herself and and uh, everybody knows who she is in women's golf um how did you feel when you heard you were receiving
3: that award Yeah so like a couple weeks before I heard I actually found out that I won the Ping the Division 1 National Player of the Year so that when I heard that first it was like I never like I honestly never expected that I mean like I said I just try to get better and you know see where that takes me but um in regards to the Annika award I Remember my so my coach at Furman who is still my golf coach I work with him, um. So we're we're pretty close, but he knows I don't answer my phone like spam calls, and <laughs> so he told me like a day before he was like a number's going to be calling you at eleven o'clock. You don't like you need to answer it? And I was like, okay, like this is kind of weird. So I kind of knew then when he told me that I was like, okay. Because I knew the voting had closed and all that. And so I, at that time, I was, like, suspecting. I'm, like, you know, like, didn't want to assume, but I kind of had an idea. And then right. that day, the next day, Ana, it was Annika who called me at that time from that number. And, you know, she was, like, answered the phone, like, hey, this is Annika. And I'm just, like, I'm, like, make sure you can say words, like, talk. <laughs> Don't just <stand> there, <laughs> sit there and not say anything. Because I was just, like, I mean, you dream about that. And, you know, like, obviously, Maria... Leona, Bronte, and Allison, the players who won it before me, and now Rachel Heck, who was after me. But, like, everybody has just been such an amazing person, an amazing golfer, and just, honestly, like, people you just really want to look up to. And so for me, like, I never dreamed in a million years, like, honestly, that I would win that award, let alone even be, like, on a watch list or, you know, the things they do for that. So, um... My brother was actually with me in my car when she called, so we got to share that moment together. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, it was just such an awesome thing, time for my family and for our, for our program at Perman. I mean, we have on the men's side Brad and won the Haskins Award and then myself winning the Anika Award. So I think I want to say we're only three programs. I think is Stanford, and us, I think are the only three programs to have won both. So that's pretty special. And, you know, just mm-hmm. to be kind of part of that community now, I mean, you know, it's it's just really cool. And I'm so grateful to have been able to kind of things have, have things line up for me to, to win that. And, you know, just like I said, I, I worked really hard in college. And I know a lot of people do, but it was just, it was really right. nice to kind of have that kind of pay off for me.
1: Well, and it's probably um, good that your coach gave you the heads up, uh, you know, given how you react to spam calls. uh, You you know, you might have just thought, yeah, right, Annika, sure, sure, that's who you are. And you might have just hung up on her and, uh, you know, thinking it was a spam call or something like that. So it's a good thing he gave you the heads up that uh, something would be coming uh, your way. Um, Cindy, go ahead.
2: What's your favorite thing, professional golfer?
3: Oh, that's a tough question. Um, Well, I don't know. Like I said, I just really like getting better, and self-improvement is something that I'm really big into, whether that's on the golf course for me, off the golf course. And I just always try to be the best I can be. So, you know, I have a really cool group of friends because I still practice at Furman. Um, I don't live very far from campus, so um, I still have my group of friends there, and it's really nice just to still be in that community, and I've just really, I really love, like I said, I just really love getting better. It's such a huge part of my life, and, you know, it's just really fun to be able to travel around, and even when it gets tough, I mean, I'd rather be doing that and, and still trying to work at my game than, you know, at this point in my life, it's just something that, it's just, it's really still really fun for me, and I just hope it continues to be that way.
2: That's awesome. Awesome, awesome. Not that many. Well, you know what? I I think you have that attitude and you're willing to look in the mirror and see what, you know, what do I really need to work on to help me get better? One shot around over a career is millions of dollars, you know? And it's kind of like you're
3: looking for the one shot,
2: which is great.
3: Yeah. I mean, that's how I've always approached it. That's how my dad kind of taught me when I was younger. I mean, he kind of got me started in the game, but always get better. I mean, there's always something you can be better at and whether it's your attitude or it can be something totally not related to golf, how you handle something off the course that may cause you, you know, to react a certain way while you're playing or whatever, anything. And, you know, it's just as I've gotten older, that's just something that's really um, stuck with me. And, you know, it's just what's, like I said earlier, that's what's fun, is I can just try to be better, and it's cool to see how good you can get.
2: Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So what are you going to do for
3: fun these three weeks you've got off? Um, Obviously, I'm going to, for fun, I mean, but I'm going to work with my coach and do some stuff, and then um, I'm actually going tomorrow to watch one of my teammates play at the Augusta National Women's Amateur, so I'm i kind of surprised her and told her (laughs) that i'm coming back i told her the other day and so she happened to have an extra ticket so i'll go support her tomorrow she was a freshman my senior year so and we're from the same town so i've known her since she was like 10 so we've just kind of grown up playing together so that's what i'll do and then my brother is actually a pilot so like he's he's a small plane. We have a small plane. So that's what I do in my free time. I just go up with him and we just like fly to places and do stuff. So my brother and I are super close. So I'll just spend probably a lot of time with him. That's great.
2: Now the Augusta women's amateur, how many rounds do they play at champions retreat? You know?
3: Yeah. So it'll be Wednesday and Thursday. So it'll be two rounds. And then, um, it'll be practice round at Augusta for all the field on Friday and then Saturday's the final round. When I played, it was 30 that they let that the cut was 30 top 30 players to Augusta on Sun or on Saturday. So I'm not sure if that's changed, but the format is the same as when I played.
2: Awesome. Awesome. Ted.
1: Yeah. Well, it sounds like you've got a great uh, few weeks planned and, uh, uh obviously you got a lot of interesting things too i think that's kind of cool that your brother and and you are very close and obviously that uh he does something that you are able to enjoy as well obviously he enjoys flying and and you get a chance to uh to enjoy that as well and obviously be safe um but um i i think you've got a great future and and you know uh, you you, were, you mentioned something a moment ago about really about the attitude in that and that really in my opinion, I think supersedes. Obviously, you have to have a a certain skill level to to get where you are uh, and to be able to move forward, Um, but you have to have the right attitude. There's a lot of girls that that we've interviewed um, on this program over the the last several years uh, from the the tour, and a lot of them have said, you know, I felt really good about my game, but I just, you know, wasn't really having fun and, you know, that sort of thing. And the moment they begin. Changing their attitude and saying, you know what, I'm just going to go out and have a good time. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sweat it out and just, you know, dwell on on this bad shot or that bad shot. I'm just going to go out and have a good time. Lo and behold, they started winning the events, and so I think attitude does have a lot to do that. And and the fact that, as I mentioned earlier, that you're recognizing this at such a young age is going to serve you very, very well as you progress through your career. And we just want to wish you all the best and go out and win a tournament. You can come back and talk with Cindy and I again as the winner.
3: I, I love that. Thank you so much for your guys' support. I, I really do appreciate it. Well, well thank you for, for joining. Have fun. Thank you so much. Thank you.
1: All right. Thank you, Natalie. All right. Bye-bye.
3: All right. Bye.
1: Bye. All right. That was Natalie uh, Sreenivasan from the Epson Tour. And uh, Cindy, really, You know, just a very um, good attitude. I mean, you know, she mentioned she's just, uh, this is really her second, uh, you know, going to be her second full season out. Last year was her rookie season. And, you know, when you first went out, um, you know, on the LPGA Tour, um, obviously you you went out a little bit differently, but um, it is a a bit of a shock. I mean, she comes from Furman and and, uh, played on a team, so everything was sort of, you know, looked after by the uh, the coach and whatnot uh but now she's on her own essentially and, and has to really build her own schedule and that's not always easy for uh for somebody that's that's new to uh to the profession would you agree
2: totally agree i mean just getting used to the lifestyle how am i going to get yep. there you know did i pay the entry fee did i register for the event where am i staying do i have a car do i have a caddy what time do i play you know, what, what are my practice rounds? All that.
1: Yeah. What was the hardest part for you being out on tour when you were playing on, um, more so on the, I mean, it's a little bit different now with the Legends because you're working at a different schedule. You're teaching more now on that. But um, when you first went out on the LPGA, what was the hardest thing for you to adjust to? Was it the traveling and, and that? Or, or, I mean, you were, you're pretty good at, at scheduling yourself, so I don't think that was probably much of an issue, was it?
2: No, I two things. Number one, believing you belong. You know, if you're standing there on the driving range hitting balls next to Nancy Lopez and Kathy Whitworth and Joanne Carner, Patty Sheehan, you know, Jan Stevenson, all, those were all the superstars when I played. You're kind of like, wow, hi. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, did not. And, and the funny thing is now I'm friends with all of them, right? Um, right. I did not um, schedule my time like I would play six in a row, mm-hmm. which you can imagine because I'm a lunatic, right? Whereas right. she just played two or three, <laughs> and now she's taken three weeks off. I would have never taken right. three weeks off. I would have said, I'll play this week, and then when I have, you know, a forced two weeks off. But um, so, no, I didn't schedule myself right. And and same well, in I private it- housing. You know, you don't, oh, yeah. uh, I didn't have enough money to stay in hotels. And after the first year, the first year was the hardest because you're like, oh, hi, my name is Cindy Miller. Thank you for letting me stay here. Well, where'd you play? I. And, and this sounds terrible, but after a while, you just wanted to hand them a paper and go, here's my resume. Read it. Where's my room? <laughs> you know, <laughs> but you can't do that. And then you end no. up making friends for a lifetime because you stay at their house, all the newness of it. You've got to do this for yeah. at least a couple of years to find out if it's really for you.
1: Well, and that's what I was gonna, just about to say is, you know, after a couple of years, and and that's why I asked her, you know, and I'm, I am pretty much knew what she was going to say, but that's why I asked her if she's reached out to some of the the more seasoned players out there uh, to get some advice and some tips on, on what they – now, again, it doesn't necessarily mean she's going to follow it, but – uh, it gives her a sense of okay, well, this is how they handle it. Because you're right, you know, when you're traveling, especially, you know, it's different when you when you've got the money and you can fly here and there and rent a car and whatnot. But if you're traveling, you know, from one state to another, and you know, maybe it's an eight-hour drive or something, um, you have got to adjust your time and 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 work things out so that you're not, you know, schlepping out in the golf course, you know, in your first round with with, you know, bug eyes because you haven't slept, um, you know, the night right. before because you didn't well, get in until so late. So yeah, go ahead.
2: And our, our student, I don't know if we've had Chelsea on the show before. We might have. Chelsea D'Antonio um, from Buffalo. Yes. So she's got a small conditional status on the Epson tour, and she's leaving Friday to drive to Texas to play on the West Coast mini tour. And mm-hmm. she played in a one event in Florida, and she shot 73 her first round, I said, to her. Good job. And she goes, you have no idea. I thought I was going to pass out and throw up on the first scene, right? Because it was their first tournament. <laughs> right. And so her brother's flying to Florida to drive with her to Texas because he's got Easter vacation for school. And he's right. going to caddy for her for two events. So I think after she's played a couple times, maybe I'll get her to be on the show and just tell, you know, yep. what's this life really like? Because yeah. you're like a, a circus person going from town to town. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah, the circus is coming to town. Yeah, we'll have to ask her how she managed to keep it down on that first tee. Yeah, let's do that. Let's, do that. let's let her get a couple of events under her belt and then go ahead and, and book her for the show. All right, we've got to move on, uh, not keep our, our next guest waiting. Uh, our next guest is uh, Holly uh, Hubert. Uh, she is the founder uh, and CEO of Global Security IQ. Uh, she's a retired FBI agent with 25-plus uh, years of experience. Uh, their organization is a collaboration of active and retired law enforcement officials and private sector IT engineers who are highly skilled in cybersecurity, intelligence, and cyber education. Uh, all cybersecurity professionals at Global Security IQ have been uh, industry Uh, have industry-leading credentials. Uh, Her team is combined, has uh, more than 100 years of experience in law enforcement, cyber education, uh, cyber crime, and IT experience. And through Global Security IQ, they uh, continue to serve and protect their community. So, Cindy, let's welcome our uh, second special guest this morning, Holly Hubert.
4: Good morning, dear. Good morning. How are you? We're doing great. Thanks for joining us my pleasure that was a nice introduction thank you you're
1: yeah. welcome so Ted, and
4: wh- yeah wh- i've
2: known go holly. ahead you're I gonna have to tell you. i've known holly forever um <laughs> and she's she's taking lessons and she wasn't just an fbi agent she ran the buffalo office and she was tapped by uh well you can tell us who who called you and said come to washington well,
4: one of, one of uh, Director Mueller's direct reports, Director Mueller, uh, we never had a leadership development program in the FBI. The FBI always kind of got by on its good hiring practices for 100 years. And uh, so he's former military and wanted the FBI to have a leadership development program. So I was very blessed to be called upon to go back to headquarters and help stand that up. It was really, really something.
2: So she helped train all FBI agents in the country how to be better leaders. Isn't
1: that cool? That's that is awesome. Um, and just to to preface this um, morning, whatever Cindy may have told you about me, I don't want to be investigated. So take me off your radar. I don't.
2: Want,
1: I'm really a nice guy. Don't listen. Don't listen to her. I don't want to. I don't want to hear any clicking on my cell phone later today. Um, uh, go ahead, so you go ahead and and start, and start us off.
2: So when I told Ted you were going to be on the show, he said, well, does she even play golf? <laughs> I said, what, are you kidding me? She's a lunatic. So um, I try. Yeah. So tell us what you like best about playing golf. Oh, <laughs> uh,
4: definitely. Definitely the people. But I mean, as you know, it's the ultimate test of what you can do yourself and, I find that what what you put into golf, you get out of golf, and and you know you for me, I I can't just show up on a Tuesday at my league and play and be okay with it if I didn't play well. I you know I want to figure out what made me not play well and what can I do to improve my swing. So I mean, golf is kind of the ultimate example. It's a it's a truth meter of life. Golf, like, what what you put in is what you get out. If you uh, practice and groove the swing and get proper health and eat right and exercise and do some yoga, you're going to have better results than just showing up on a Tuesday. So that, that for me, is what I love about golf.
2: That's awesome. You're, Ted? Yeah, you're
1: right on. All right, so Holly, let me ask you this. Um, you know, it's often said that, that golf and life mimic one another. There's so many <laughs> lessons that you can learn. So, I want you to think about your job, um, not just what you do now, but what you've done in the past as as an FBI agent and that. Obviously, you have to be very uh, meticulous in your work and that. And also in the golf course, you've got to be a little bit meticulous. You've got the thought process. What has your um, regular job taught you uh, that has helped you out in the golf course and vice versa? Has anything that you've done out in the golf course transitioned into your uh regular job if you will that you've been able to pull so in other words what experiences from both has helped one another
4: wow that's a that's a really good question i i think focus comes to mind as you are mm-hmm. asking the question i think you know in in the fbi it's a it's a serious job it's a dangerous job as you as you know mm-hmm. but it's yep. it's serious and and you know in in the example of let's say a missing missing child if you are working uh, a crime against the child uh, type of case it calls for ultimate focus and there's mm-hmm. no room for distractions or stuff i didn't get done or this or that or my grocery list going through my head i got to do this later i got to do that later it's focus and i mm-hmm. i find that on the golf course too like you know you know the, the word serious at, at golf Some people are more serious than others and serious means different things at different times. Like I like to have fun on the course, but it's a heck of a lot more fun when I'm playing well. So, you know, I try to bring that focus to the golf course for sure. And, uh, not overly think, but definitely don't let, I don't let distractions come into my, when it's my turn for my shot, I'm ready to go. Mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, jerking around and, you know, I'm I'm definitely ready going through my pre-shot routine in my head and, take the shot, you know, all the things that you have to think about, your yardage and where you want to land the ball and all of these other things. You know, that, that focus, I think, carried from the FBI and definitely definitely is something that, that helped me. And then there's a relaxing part about golf, too, is that when you have such a serious job, it's great to go somewhere else and, A, be outside, and, B, you're playing in some of the nicest Places. Golf courses are beautiful. Even 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 mm-hmm. not great golf golf courses are still beautiful. So it's good to be focused and relaxed and think about something else. So that that relaxation that golf gave to me was definitely important in my career for sure.
1: Yeah, you've got to find balance in everything that you do. I mean, when you've got a, a serious job like you have, you've got to have some way of, of really decompressing because I can imagine. And I can only imagine that some of the, and I, obviously I know you can't talk about them specifically, but, you know, a lot of the different cases and things that you have to work are very stressful. I mean, you're, you know, if you're, especially if you're dealing with children, there's, there's uh, you know, serious cases going on that you're having to work. It's a very, um, it can be very overwhelming and can be emotionally draining. And sometimes you have to be able to decompress um, Golf, of course, is not always one of the best places to go because that can <laughs> be stressful in itself. So you're kind of getting a yeah. double whammy there. So what has been the hardest? Uh, and, and, Cindy, I want you to you know, jump in because you've known Holly for a long time as well, but I'll let Holly start. What has been the most challenging part for you on the golf course? What has been the, the area of your game that's given you the most trouble?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I
4: better not let San- Cindy answer that for me. She'd say all of it. But I say say all of it. You know, the the challenging part for me is consistency. When I I first learned to play golf, I actually learned it for a case in the FBI, which is interesting, and that's where I met Cindy maybe 25 years ago when I was a a brand-new golfer. You know, and so I went in spurts. I was able to golf during that time a bit, and, you know, I was younger, maybe more athletic and um was probably had a had a more athletic nicer swing in those years and then you know life changes and you know professional ebbs and flows different assignments i traveled a lot in in recent years and and um, had different assignments at the fbi and i didn't golf a lot in those years and only playing a few rounds of summer, you know, we live in Buffalo. And so, you know, you really only have your your summer here. And on top of that being so constrained with time, that caused me to lose a lot of my fluidity in my, in my golfs. So here I am, I retire from the FBI five years ago and start my own company. And I think, Oh, I'm going to golf now. This is great. I'm going to peel back the years and I'm going to, I'm going to golf. And I'm going to pick back where I left off. I'm going to pick up where I left (laughs) off. And, Maybe didn't really have that success because, you know, I'm a little older now, and and uh, you know, so we're regrouping the swing, and we're working on probably a loss of distance that comes with age, and uh, mm-hmm. also really we're working on all aspects of, of of my game, which which I love being dedicated to it. I love being dedicated to getting better. It's, that's been really fun. It's been it's been heartbreaking at times because I think some days i walk into the dome and I think like this is the day where everything's just going to be smooth, smooth, like silk. And then, you know, I have a rough day. And so th- those are right. hard days, but you got to believe in yourself and believe in your goals. And I believe in Cindy, she's been teaching me and, uh, you know, she's given me the benefit of her time and her, her expertise and all that the greatness that she is and everything she learned. So I don't want to let her down either.
1: No, I, I, uh, you couldn't have said it better. Um, Cindy, go ahead, chime in. I want, I want to get your thoughts. Uh, is, is she telling us the the truth? Uh, is that what's really going on with her game? Or have you got some inside scoop that you want to give us?
2: Yeah, you know what I find that it's probably the um, the biggest issue is really understanding that sometimes your beliefs are wrong. And, yep. you know, you believe that you should sit. You believe instead of bow over. You believe that mm-hmm. you should keep your head down, uh, which restricts your swing. You believe that you should keep your left arm straight, which also restricts your swing. So mm-hmm. I think it's getting over the belief system that's wrong. And really, I give people a lot of drills because I want them I want their subconscious mind to be tricked and make them focus on something that might seem crazy to them, but that will help them swing better, if you will. You know, like standing backwards. You know, your club face is square and your body's 45 degrees standing backwards. Why would I do that? Because I don't want you trying to help get through the ball, if you will. <laughs> Holly, I don't know what you're doing, but you got to stop or put yourself on mute because I, it sounds like you're moving furniture. <laughs> anyway, so my point being, um, I think if we get over the belief system that could be inaccurate, in my opinion, you know, mm. uh, somebody else might say, well, no, that's not right. You've got to keep your head down. You've got to keep your arms straight. So in my opinion... I believe all those are wrong, and most people come in with tight arms, which pulls the grip through, which makes the ball go to the right, or you hit it fat, and if you can understand and, and implement the silly little drills, you can immediately hit it clean, airborne, and straight. Would you agree, Holly?
4: absolutely and and I appreciate that you you do come in with your like I call it what like, your lifetime of bad habits and you've always told me mm-hmm. never listen to the committee those people that want to chime in and tell you to do this and do that and now even worse is the Instagram drills and the constant information <laughs> that's in front of you in front of you <laughs> on social media everybody's tip of this and tip of that and so you know I I I trust you Cindy so I hope that I am absorbing and I'm trying to absorb everything you're saying and to try to divest myself of those limiting beliefs or, 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 um, maybe, maybe misguided information that I've been given, or I learned somewhere along the way, like, you know, you don't have to keep your elbows, your left elbow straight the whole time, but new golfers, that's the first thing somebody tells them, keep your left arm straight. And so mm-hmm. it's, you know, I, I'm trusting and I'm buying into everything
2: you're saying. And yeah, I believe that. Yeah, I, I think... Sometimes, yes, and sometimes people just try too hard. You know, I'm one of those. I, I Like, oh, you're going to tell me to do this? I'm going to go overboard, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, probably, <laughs> it's probably me. Yeah. Well,
1: one. and I... Yeah, and I think, too... Um, and when i say this i don't mean necessarily literally but golf sometimes can be um can be filled with a lot of misinformation or misunderstandings is probably a better way you know obviously you know you you do need to keep your head you know somewhat steady but i think people misinterpret certain things that have been said over the years in in golf and obviously as we've learned more about the game and we've progressed in the game we're learning things okay you don't have to because we're all different everybody's i mean i've seen people do things entirely different than somebody next to them and get the same results so you know again you have to find out what's going to work best for you but i i think holly um and, and cindy's a great one to learn from because For two reasons. Obviously, she's very knowledgeable about the game. She's learning from her own game, taking some of the, uh, you know, maybe some of the missteps that she's had along her career and said, okay, now I've fine-tuned my game, and I'm going to pass that knowledge on to, to, you know, the students that I'm working with. But she's brutally honest. I mean, she's going to tell you exactly like (laughs) it is, whether you want to hear it or not. And that's important because you know, you don't want somebody that's going to sugarcoat and just talk sweet to you. And, and I don't mean that, let me backtrack a bit. I'm not to say that Cindy's going to be mean or anything. I don't mean it that way. But, you know, you want somebody that's going to be upfront and honest with you because if they're just sort of sugarcoating your game, oh, you know, you're doing pretty good, and yeah, that's okay, and don't worry about that. If really the issues that you're dealing with are not helping you to improve, you don't want somebody that's going to gloss over those. You want somebody that's going to point them out. That doesn't mean that they shouldn't re- reinforce some good qualities as well, but you want them to be honest with you. If you're doing things that are not going to help you hit that ball, airborne, get it airborne straight, um, you want to know that information and not just be fed a lot of malarkey because they're trying to you know, be your friend. So when you go to um, your next lesson, let's say, What mindset do you bring with you? Do you bring a a learning mindset, even though you've been playing for a little while? Are you open-minded, or do you kind of get stuck in your your routine sometimes and forget to say, you know what, I need to learn something different here um, than what I've been doing uh, for Holly?
4: Well, I I hope that uh, Cindy would agree with me when when I say I hope I have an open mindset. I try very hard, and I 100% agree with your point, I wouldn't want it any other way than have a complete and honest truth. We don't have time and I don't I don't want to be told, Hey, that's pretty good if it's not good And Cindy is right. lovely and nice and she finds a gentle way to say it but she, you know, is also direct and I appreciate that but Cindy knows her audience. She knows she can be completely yes. direct with me and I want her to be. Maybe other people she has to, you know, handle differently. But you know, that's when you're a professional, you, you know how to mm-hmm. handle different people. It just comes with life experience. But um, so I, I appreciate her directness, and I hope I come with an open mind. My my fault is probably sometimes coming with old dad habits that I slip into, sometimes that that habits are habits are hard to fight, and uh, you know, after 30 minutes, I think, oh, this is good. We ended well, and. I might go to the dome the next day and hit another hundred balls, and ooh, that's great. And then two days later, I'm slipping into these bad habits, so I have to fight that all the time. So, a, I want that honesty, and b, I hope I'm open-minded because I really am committed and in, in buying into her system.
1: Yeah, and, you and, and you're right. And she, Cindy, I want to ask you, uh, Cindy, I want to ask you a question, just in, in lieu of what she just said. So knowing that she recognizes that she slips into those bad habits and obviously you are aware of that as well, what, what's the conversation that you have with her? When you see her slipping back into some of those bad habits, what's the conversation that you're going to have to her? How do you point that out to her and, and what do you say to help her overcome some of that?
2: Well, she'll know because she sees where the ball is going. The ball is always the evidence of what you've done with the club's. Mm-hmm. You know, and I sometimes I use the analogy, let's say somebody, there's a murdered person there and they're bleeding and um, there's a knife laying by them, but there's a hole in their chest. You know, did they get cut with a knife or did they get shot with a gun, right? So the point being is the ball is the evidence of what you've done with the club. So if the ball's starting to go dead right and she's hitting it fat, Holly will know, oh, here we go again. So immediately you have to shift states in your head and do one of the silly drills that helps you get over that because your subconscious mind is winning because you've done this swing, this different swing, you know, that you've done for 20 years has to be adapted and changed. Mm-hmm.
4: You know, yeah, Cindy, I, I could, that's a I good point. I was just going to say I go appreciate ahead. that. Yeah, go ahead, Holly. That's a, a – a skill set I never really had before was being able to analyze the ball and figure out what I did wrong based on the ball flight. So Cindy has recently taught me that, that the ball is evidence of what I Mm -hmm. did. So I think I'm developing that skill of being able to analyze what, what I did wrong versus what I did right based on the ball flight.
1: Right. You know, I think a lot of it, too, is, Holly, is a lot of players, and I'm talking obviously amateur players, focus on the process so much. In other words, they're trying to make sure that their arms are are just perfect and their stance is just this way and that way, and they don't focus on the result. I mean, you look at, if you go back, if you've watched golf over time, if you go back and look at some of the earlier players and, and probably the most notable that I can think of it would be like a Lee Trevino who had a very unorthodox looking swing compared to what you see out on the tours now. Uh, but yet, you know, he was a great ball striker. He won a lot of tournaments and, and to this day is, has still been considered one of the, one of the best out there, um, especially during his time. But a lot of people focus on, on having this pitcher perfect swing um, when maybe that's not what they need to do. As long as they're, making good good contact and that they're getting the ball to do what it is they need for it to do. It doesn't matter whether you hop on one foot or, uh, you know, or, uh, you know, do a loop at the top. It's irrelevant as long as you're bringing the, the club squarely into impact and you're hitting the ball cleanly. Um, it doesn't really matter. And I think, you know, Cindy, and you may disagree with this analogy, but Cindy, would you not agree to some some uh, a portion of this that a lot of people focus on trying to make everything so perfect, and yet it's not necessarily sound. It may not be sound mechanics that they're really focusing on, but it's just they're trying to make themselves look so good out in the golf course, but they're not hitting it very well. Do you not
2: right. well, another see that? Well, I, I mean, look at, Jim Furyk, Lee Trevino, you know we right. that Matt Wolf kid. I mean, but the, here's the point: from waist high on the way down to waist high on the way through, they all look the same. Yep. Right. You don't exactly. Care how you get there, the face yep. has to get back to the bottom of the arc, and that if the face is square and it gets back to the bottom of the arc, the ball's going straight. So there we go back mm-hmm. to the ball is the evidence of what you've done with the club, and and the other thing that's really important if people understand that no one hits it good all the time, nobody, 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 Mm -hmm. nobody. And if you understand what your tendencies are, you know, I pick it up and come over it and I yank it a mile left, like that poor girl in the playoff on Sunday. Um, Mm -hmm. The the catch is if you know what your tendencies are, then you should be able to fix it with one bad swing and go, uh, if you're thinking right and focused, like, oh, okay kind of like our guest this morning said she made a double on 14 and she was able to recover and play the last few holes much better. And that's, mm-hmm. I think, after you play for a while, which Holly has done, she's gaining the wisdom to not overreact and say, okay, wait, what was that? Now let's fix it. And, and I, it's funny. I'm trying to help people understand that they're the boss of their game and leaders tend to grab that better because they're great at problem solving. And Holly's awesome at problems. I mean, that's what she did. She's done for a living forever. So right. be open to the fact that we're going to have problems, and I'm going to arm you with the results and, and the fixing of how to fix the problem. Does that mm-hmm. make sense, Holly? Oh,
4: absolutely, it makes sense. And, you know, I appreciate it. I appreciate it very much, of course.
1: Well, well, and Holly, you, you know, just like you did for your career, you had to receive certain specialized training to be able to perform the way, you know, whatever you, it is that you needed to do. And it's the same thing with golf. That's all we're doing as instructors is we're giving you the tools necessary to be successful out in the golf course. But how you incorporate it into your you know, your routine. And as you said, you had a pre-shot routine. How you put it all together is entirely up to you. We're going to help guide you and give you, based on, on our experience, what is going to be the, the best chance for your success. But it ultimately ends up to you. And and this is one thing, and, I, and this is going to be a test of honesty here, Holly.
2: Do you practice as much as you should? Oh, my God. She practices too much. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I I.
4: I I might, I might practice too much in groove. Like when, Cindy, when I'm left unsupervised, I might be grooving my old bad habits, but um, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't, you know, I guess my practice is probably streaky with the weather. You know, I've been trying to have a really committed right. routine in the winter at the dome, which has been great. And then mm-hmm. in the summer, obviously at the outdoor ranges. Um, but, but, while I'm in league play, you know Monday nights and Tuesday nights, I probably could practice more um, you know in the summer during league play. Um, and that's something that I, I hope cindy will will come up with a practice plan for me so so that I can have something that's not overly done and not underdone.
1: well the the truth is too, you want to, you want to always practice with purpose. You don't want to just quote hit balls, and this is, you know, Cindy and I have talked about this many times on the on the show, where people just sort of rake and hit balls, rake and hit balls, and that's all they do, and they don't really, you know, when you're on the lesson tee, uh, you know, you're you're with your coach or your your instructor, and so they're sort of guiding you in, on some things that you can do. But when you're by yourself, it's just, you know, your own committee of of the if you will that you're listening to, and if you're just out there and you're not really focusing on. Uh, or preparing for a round. In other words, you know, imagine, you know, use your imagination a little bit on the, on the practice tee and say, okay, you know, I'm visualizing that first hole I've got to play in, you know, in 20 minutes. So I'm going to, you know, pull out whatever club I'm going to tee off with and I'm going to visualize the shape of the shot I want to hit. If you're just going up then raking hitting balls and you're not really practicing. And that's, that's where a,
4: That's that's many, a great point.
1: Yeah, and that's what probably if I was to hazard a guess, probably 90% of most of the amateurs that we see fall into that trap, is they just go out and they're hitting. It's more like a warm up. They're not really practicing, and then they get out on the first tee and the first few holes. It's a disaster because they haven't really prepared themselves for the round. They just go out and hit balls because they're trying to make sure everything looks perfect, like I mentioned a few moments ago. So I know Cindy works a lot with you on different things, but I'm sure she's talked to you about this as well, or certainly will continue to. But if you're practicing with a purpose, and you've got sort of a game plan about your practice, you'll be much more successful. Because the more you practice doesn't necessarily make you a better player. Because if you're not practicing with that purpose, then all you're doing is you're just raking and hitting balls. And you're not really going there with a specific focus. But Cindy, um, I'm going to give you the final thought. Anything you want to uh, say before we close out and, and let our uh, our guests go?
2: No. I just thank you so much for joining us. And I uh, I love working with you. And you're going to be better than you've ever been this summer.
4: Oh, I hope so. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate Thanks for having me on the show. It was fun. Uh, yeah, it was a fun conversation. And, Cindy, you know I appreciate you, and uh, I look forward to us working together, and we got to work on a practice plan. <laughs> that's a great, that's a great right. takeaway from the show. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Well, Holly, Take thanks. care. Have a wonderful thanks. day.
1: Yeah, thank you very much for joining us, Holly. Have a great day. All right, Holly Hubert. Uh, you know, Cindy, it's it's a very. I know we only got a second here, and then we've got to wrap up because I know you've got to go as well as I. Um, but but you know, it, it's it's great her attitude. That's part of the 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 issue right there with with a lot of our amateur golfers, is she recognizes, hey, I've got work to do, and 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 you know, I've got to put a lot of focus into what I'm going to do. Uh, but she also recognizes that, hey. Um, you know, I might be a professional over here in what I do day to day, but here I'm. I'm not, and I need to find the resources that are going to help make me successful. And she's done that by seeking out you. You know, many years ago, of course, but uh, and you've helped uh, guide her along the way. So, um, keep up the great work. You're uh, you're definitely well. Thank you. Um, I will. you're you're you're, <laughs> you're definitely a diamond, my dear. And uh, I know you're not going to be here next week. You're, you're going. No, you are. You 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 shine. Uh, or maybe you prefer rubies. I don't know. But uh, you're definitely a gem. That's for sure. We always uh, always love having you uh, work with me here on the show. Um, Cindy's going to be away next week. She's going to Orange County on one of her boot camps. Is this a junior or is this an adult or a mixture or what? It's adult. All right. Well, have fun. This is the last one of the season, right?
2: It is.
3: It
1: is. All right. Well, have fun, have fun down at Orange County and enjoy the warm, sunny weather. We'll, we'll make it for you, and you'll be back the following week. So on that note, on behalf of Cindy Miller, I'm uh, Ted Odorico. Thank you for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf. I will see you next week uh, here on the Women of Golf, and Cindy will be back in two weeks. Have a great one. God bless everybody. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks,
4: Ted.
0: Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's Women of Golf Show. Ted and Cindy wish to thank this week's special guests. Remember to join them every Tuesday from 9 to 10 AM Eastern here on the iGolf Sports Network or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, Live, and of course, Spotify. To get updates on the show, You can follow the Women of Golf Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash womenofgolf. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.